0: Welcome to Fur What It's Worth, an introduction and immersion
1: into the furry fandom.
0: This episode is Season 3's end of season special, What Does Furry Mean To You? We'd like to thank those who sent in their letters and emails for this episode and for sharing their personal stories. So without further
2: delay, we will get right to your letters.
3: Hey there for what it's worth, this is Moss. I'm a Fox. I am leaving this voicemail thing jig because you asked what furry means to me and pretty much everyone else that listens to the show. But to me I guess furry would be it's one of the most accepting fandoms of anything. And it's like a giant family. So furry is a pretty epic word besides just meaning something that is furry, I guess. Gosh, I sound stupid. Um, So yeah, furry is pretty epic because it's accepting, it's like family, and you gotta admit it's pretty cool being able to be like, you know what, I'm a fuck. Better than humans. That's about all I have to say. Bye.
4: Hello, for Wadsworth. I have sent an email before that didn't get through, so apologies if you'd had this one before. Sorry also if it's really long, I ramble. I'm Ed, a standard poodle from the United Kingdom. Hello to you all. I only just got into furry podcasts and you guys have the best ones I could find. I am reasonably new to the fandom and got really into it around six months ago when I moved house and found myself wanting to meet new people. Needless to say, I loved it and have made some great new friends. The fandom always interested me as I have always been a real anime fan and into cosplay. From there, I saw the fursuits, and this is what brought me into the fandom fully. I have so far made a full suit and a partial, and am in the process of making another partial. I was surprised how the anime fandom has yet to cross over as much, as I find them very similar and both a lot of fun. The fandom is extremely accepting. Because I'm a big personality, I mostly ended up bringing people into the fandom around me anyway, and coaxing shy furs out of their shell. I had a work colleague who once tried to troll a furry site by claiming there was really a pizza trapped in a human body. His lie was so accepted and the people were so kind, he felt terrible about trolling the site. Now he loves furries. I wanted to share my feelings on what this fandom means to me. It was mostly the costumes, but one big collection I have is ball-jointed dolls and anthro dolls, which I had thought would be more popular in the fandom. This got me to really understand that the fandom is exactly what people make of it. It's a collective interest in animals and cartoons, but that goes in so many directions. Basically, there are anthro-related things everywhere and in every walk of life, which is what makes furrydom unique. I work professionally in the animation industry myself and enjoy working on anthropomorphic characters for Nickelodeon Daily. I think your podcast is an example of what furrydom should be, which is good fun, good humor, appreciation, and cookies, or biscuits if in the UK. I hope you continue to make many more great podcasts. Also, another random question I have is to Rue and Tugs. If you had to become a a new fursona for a day, then what would it be? And if biscuits disappeared off the face of the earth, and you had to invent a new, better biscuit, what would you call it? Sincerely, Edward Fuzzy Paws. Oreos will never die. As for a new fursona that's deep, we don't know. We've spent years developing and investing in our characters, it's so hard to say. Definitely a dog of some kind.
1: Dear Cast up For What It's Worth, This is Eric contacting you from AB Canada. I just wanted to say right now that for what it's worth is perhaps my favorite podcast out of the 14 different podcasts I have currently downloaded on my iPhone. Anyhow, a couple of things I'd like to touch on in this email. Firstly, you guys have asked that we the listeners, write to tell you what being a furry means to us. Well, I have only been part of the fandom for a couple months or so, and I can honestly say with, assistance assurance. That, assur- with assurance that some might argue um, that to be considered a furry, you must act and talk and think like one. Um, using furry specific words and phrases. Even if you go to conventions, wear a fursuit, draw the art, write the stories, etc. But don't talk using furry vocabularies uh, vocabulary conventions.
0: Fur, furry vocabulary conventions. Oh,
1: furry vocabulary conventions. You're not a furry. Basically, someone that may walk the walk but doesn't always talk the talk others would argue that even liking anthropomorphic bipedal creatures make you a furry you may not have any idea the fan the furry fandom exists let alone any of the websites simply liking anthro characters makes you a furry. The way I l- like to look at this is if you do or do not consider yourself a furry is a completely personal matter of opinion. But one of the but one thing that's certain is that we know how to have a hell of a fun time. Secondly, I was listening to some old episodes, more specifically, maybe she's born with it, maybe it's transformation, and at 5730 on the break, a fantastic remix started playing. The title wasn't listed in the episode description. I was just curious as to what it was and whether I could download it from iTunes Bandcamp. Thirdly, being new to the fandom, I have found myself in a similar situation as Rue was in. To go into a little more detail, I find myself at 16 relatively new to the fandom and being a closet furry, if you will. Strong values in the parental approval, but was but with beliefs contradicting to theirs. After listening to the episode Udlali, Ood- I asked my, my ma her opinion of D&D, since it's such a related concept of being a furry. Quote, I think it's weird and creepy, and I don't want you playing it. I find myself both amused by the profound ignorance and disappointment and and wrath rot and anxiety of the thought of disapproval. I just thought I might bring this up in case any of the other five listeners find, them, find themselves in a similar situation, or the chance that I might give some advice to your lovely folks. From from your lovely folks. Anyways, I love your podcast. Love you guys and I hope the tomfoolery continues into the foreseeable future. Best of wishes, Eric of Canada. PS I picked up and sent you guys some of my favorite cookies slash biscuits. Tim Tams. I hope they arrive soon.
5: The remix you asked about
0: is by DJ Earworm and is his Summer Mash 13 mix.
2: Either way, I'm Arufa Orime. I'm a gray kitsune from Kentucky. I'm almost 18 and have been listening to your show for quite a while. I had a lot of time to think, and here it is what I think it means to be a furry. Being furry is about being yourself, being a caring person who tends to be open minded. We all share common interests. One is, of course, liking anthropomorphic characters. However, I believe we also share our open-mindedness. We come together when we are needed, even if it's not other furs we want to help. At one point, I gathered my furry community here in Taylorsville, and we did a toy drive. We went to our local hospital and donated the toys to children who were sick or in pain. Furries generally care about people, even if they do us harm. I hope it wasn't too late for this. Thank you both so much for immersing me into the phantom. It's been a pleasure. Arufo Arime, the Kitsune of Frost.
6: Greetings for what it's like. My name is Michael Wolf, a fox-wolf hybrid, and my species is a zebra. What does furry mean to me? It is a community, an exchange of culture and leisure. It is a collective of various beings, united by the same wondrously fluffy interest of being an animal. It is an outlet, an expression of one's innermost feelings thereof, be it in visual arts, perhaps literature, or dressing up in a giant... Fluffy outfit. So it's like a second family, or for some, the main family. And however extended, if quirky one. There may be flaws, as with everything else. Be it drama or rumors for miscommunication, but this one side effect pales in comparison to the vast connections made made in what is essentially a tight-knit community in the thousands of boxes and wolves in miscellaneous we encourage each other with welcoming arms, making everyone else feel safe, friendly, and comfortable with what we are, and debatably do our best to protect and uphold that mindset on the warming for the community. In a sense, what is furry but the reflections of ourselves as a being?
5: Scaling frequencies open, Smokescale Aquatus here with four bits of celestial trivia for you. The last round of this season of For What It's Worth. As of Thursday, August 21st, 2014, here are your space headlines. For the first time, astronomers believe they have discovered what can only be described as medium black holes. According to generally accepted thought, black holes only came in two sizes. First, there were relatively small ones made from a collapsed star that was only a few dozen times the size of the sun. Second were supermassive ones, the largest bodies found at the core of every major galaxy, including ours. Recently, astronomers believe they have precisely measured the mass of medium-sized black hole. No easy task. You can't directly observe a black hole. Instead, they study the material that is ejected by it at its poles, and used it to calculate the mass of the body ejecting it. Back on August 17th, the latest Cygnus resupply ship undocked from the ISS. The automated vehicle then dropped out of orbit to burn up, re-entering Earth's atmosphere. The crew of the station was able to capture some amazing images of it as the ship broke up. The vehicle was launched on July 13th and docked with the station on the 16th. It contained around a ton and a half of supplies, such as food, science payloads, and hardware. It was loaded back up with disposable material, trash, from the ISS to be disposed of. This particular craft was named Janice Voss, a veteran astronaut who passed away in 2012. August this year saw two rather interesting events. Two instances of what's called a supermoon and the Perseid meteor shower. A supermoon is an instance when a full moon occurs while it's at its closest point to earth. This makes it appear 30% brighter and appear visibly larger. This can cause a problem for our second event, the Perseid meteor shower. That extra light can block out the show. For the uninitiated, the Perseid meteor shower is a regular event that occurs at roughly the same time every year. It's a trail of debris left in Earth's orbital path from comet Swift-Tuttle, called Perseids because the meteors appear to come from the constellation Perseus. If you missed it this year, don't worry, it'll be back next July to August. Back in 2012, a meteorite crashed into the roof of a house in California. After some study, scientists have managed to trace it back to the giant impact that formed the moon 4.5 billion years ago. The theory goes like this. Around 64 to 126 million years after the formation of the solar system, a mysterious planet slammed into a very young Earth. This threw shrapnel into space, much of which pooled into what became the moon. The rest was flung around the inner solar system. Over time, some of it impacted a larger chunk of rock, creating more debris. One of those smaller fragments was put on a collision course with the Earth. Scientists were able to determine all of this based on the meteorite's age, composition, and its impact trajectory. They determined it was thrown from the asteroid belt around 9 million years ago. The story goes on. Want to know more? Go check it out. That's all we've got for you this season. Want more spacey goodness when For What It's Worth returns? Ride in and say so. In the meantime, for more on space and space-related matters, follow NASA and other agencies on Twitter, Facebook, and other social media. Until next season, this is Smokescale Aquatis saying keep looking up, space fans.
2: To me, being a furry is about realizing that we are, in some way, just animals. That whether you take our sapient mind and civilization into account or not, we are essentially just one more beast that walks the earth. That we are not innately better than animals, just because of what our species has achieved, and that we are in many ways actually quite worse, because we have not developed a sufficient responsibility for our higher station. If a rat eats another rat's babies because he wants to eliminate genetic competition, that's nature. On the other hand, a human burns down a house full of nuns because the voices in his head tell him to. That is somehow worse than nature. That is abomination, and we are just that, abominable creatures, capable of both irrational heights of cruelty and selfless acts of sacrifice and kindness. We are abominable, lonely creatures, we furries. And we furries admire animals for both their simpler, natural, brutal honesty, and yet we also wish they were more like us to share that lonely burden with us. Ashtar the Rat.
1: Hi, my name is Athena and I'm a rat. My definition is, furry is a community we can be whoever and whatever you want to be.
0: Hi there, my name's Hachi. I'm a Shiba Inu and this is what furry means to me. I haven't been a part of the fandom for long. I'd say it's been about two years or so since I considered myself part of the fandom, but I've known about furries for longer than that. Most of it is a blur, but I remember that one night, I was just sitting at my desk on the internet, and then for some reason, I felt like googling furries out of pure interest. I had a vague idea of what furries were, but I knew that they existed, and I got curious. Then I wondered if there was any sort of, you know, naughty stuff to be found. And oh boy, I was not disappointed at all. But I wasn't into it as I am now, with a fursona and other interests pertaining to the fandom itself. It wasn't until two years ago that I met the weirdest yet bestest friends I've ever had, who happened to notice I was a furry deep in my little fuzzy heart and happened to let me join in on the fun. Thanks to my liking of the fandom now, I've come to realize that I've been a furry ever since I was a little boy without knowing it. I've always been influenced by some form of media that featured anthropomorphized characters. My favorite characters as a child were Mickey Mouse and Blue from Blue's Clues. And a lot of my favorite movies were either Disney movies with talking animals, at at some point, the Wild Thornberrys movie, and a few times while playing pretend, I picked to be the pet of the family rather than being some uncle. I even remember being jealous, and I still am, of Ash in the first season of Pokemon where he accidentally gets turned into a Pikachu, because I thought it would totally be cool to actually be a Pokemon. I was, and am also mad that they didn't follow up with an episode that featured Ash as a Pikachu for longer than just the beginning. That's as far as I can go into a furry was to me as a child. Now it's much different. Being a furry has become a part of my daily life. Now, furries are the friends who help me realize that there are people who will accept and acknowledge you for who you are. I probably wouldn't be a furry if it wasn't for them. I would still keep to myself about my life, my personal interests, and I wouldn't have someone who who I know I can talk to if I'm feeling down. Although, in the more general aspect, furries are community people gathered to help each other while sharing a common varying interest and respecting varying interests no matter how ridiculous we think it may get. Maybe my perspective of furries will change once I'm surrounded by a swarm of them, but not by much, really. Sorry, this is kind of long. It's slightly all over the place. At least it seems that way to me. But it's something that definitely would have not fit into a three-minute voicemail. Plus, I'm really nervous about public speaking. Even if it is a recording, and I would never be satisfied with the way I sound, maybe another time I'll lend you my voice. Anyways, thanks for giving this a read and for being an awesome show. Until my next email, Hachi Shibaru.
4: Okay guys, it's me Kira, and although I would have adored to have recorded something for you, I have been far too preoccupied with life to do it, so I have been forced to write it out. First, my favorite moment in the show. The introduction and continuous use any horror. That is all. Second, what furry means to me. This is a tad difficult, but I think I will go cliche and say that furry means swift friends and long-lasting happiness. Now, that's not to say that everything about the fandom makes me happy. It is, after all, a fandom full of young people who think they are invincible, and that does get tiresome. But the friends I have made and keep are ones that I know I will have in my life for a long time to come, and it also feels so good to actually be able to have conversations with people who I admire. This fandom can be great as long as furs grow out of furry adolescence more quickly with each passing generation. One can only hope. Thank you for the cast, and I'm hoping to have many more seasons to enjoy hearing you two talk. Kira the Fox. P.S. Yes, I am happy.
7: Hey there, for what it's worth. This is Kame Keaton here, your resident Hawaii Fennec Fox in The Voice. I'm 24, and I've been in the fandom for eight, close to maybe nine years now. So, what does furry mean to me? Well to me, furry means being part of a very unique and one of a kind community, like which I feel has no real equivalent elsewhere. While you may have many similar fandoms, like anime and bronies, they all have a commercial aspect to it. While we have many influences, we are not tied down to any one franchise or genre or any sort of singular point of source content. As I once heard it described, we are all fans of each other and I think that makes us very special among fandoms and fosters a sense of family that haven't been felt elsewhere in any other type of fandom-like community. I've been part of a couple other fandoms, I've been a Trekkie for even longer than I've been a furry actually, and for a time I was a brony, but neither of them fostered the same sense of community and belonging that furry has for me. Furry is beyond just a hobby or passing interest, it is a part of me and trying to imagine my life without it is nearly an impossibility. So consider this a thank you to the entirety of the furry community. You guys are all awesome and don't stop being awesome. The world is a better place with us, giving us weirdos a safe haven to be, to be who we are among like-minded and accepting individuals. So anyway, this is Kim Keaton. As always, looking forward to more awesome content from you guys and wishing you all a happy end of third season this.
2: This is uh, Leo the Artist, I'm a tiger-snow leopard mix, and this is what it means to me for being furry. Being a furry means being accepted. I don't have to worry about being hated on for being gay or having a love of anime or anything. All my life I had to wear a mask, hiding my true self from, from view, from my family, from my friends, but here I'm accepted. And for that I'm glad I'm a furry. There might be some drama in the fandom, but I love I love being a furry. There are times where I couldn't have turned to anyone else, anyone related related to me at all. The fandom's gotten me through tough times, depression, suicide, and I'm grateful for every fur that helped me out through that and I'm proud to be a furry.
0: This episode would not have been possible without the help of our readers, Morbof, Ash Turret, and it wouldn't have been possible mostly without you. So thank you to everyone who wrote in and to those who called their voicemail or just recorded themselves and participated in some fashion. You really made the episode come together and we really, really appreciate you. So stay tuned. We'll be back with season four a lot faster than you think.